1: Hey, folks, welcome aboard the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am your host, John Schofield. Joining me, special guest from the Capital Gazette is Bill Wagner, and our producer is Chris Cervello. Um, we have a great pod this week. This is our lacrosse preview pod. We're going to talk to lacrosse head coach Joe Amplo. We're going to talk to him about the preseason coaches' bowl that picked maybe fourth and also picked, I don't know, everyone from Army to be like a preseason All American and superstar. We're going to see if that was bulletin board material for Coach Amplo. and we're also going to talk to his senior co-captain, Nick Cole. Nick's going to talk about being an aviator, not being able to make a bed, and about this coming Saturday's game, the season kickoff against Mount St. Mary's at noon at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. So before we get into lacrosse, and we're all happy that lacrosse is back, let's get into a little bit of what's been going on. First and foremost, as it is lacrosse season, we wanted to let you know that the women's lacrosse preview show is going to be next week, and we're going to be talking to Reagan Roloffs and uh, her head coach, Cindy Timchell. But Reagan Roloffs was a name in the news. In a vote cast by leagues coaches and sports information directors, the Navy women's lacrosse team has been picked, finished, picked to finish second, and seniors Gil Eby, Christine Fiore and Reagan Rolos were named to the preseason all-league team. So congrats to them, and I just wanted to let everyone know that our women's lacrosse preview show will be next week, and we cannot wait for that. What else happened in the world of sports uh, since we last talked to you? It was a very, very busy weekend as we're emerging from the holidays into the thick of the dark ages, and the winter sports are busy. Wrestling, tough weekend. At Cornell, losing 34 to 9. Before that, uh, dropping, um, or after that, dropping a match against Binghamton 19 to 16. I'm sure Tony Kornheiser was very pleased, but Coach Kolat could not be. Um, Basketball. We will talk a tiny bit. And Wags, I cannot wait to kick it to you on this about the men's basketball. Uh, work of art that took place against American on Saturday, a 47 to 45 victory. Very important victory in a very ugly fashion. Um, we're going to talk about that here in a minute too. The women dropped one at American 69 to 60. Their struggles in the Patriot League continue. Finally, shout out to women's tennis who defeated my beloved Villanova Wildcats 6-1. So, other results there, we will be tweeting them out and giving you updates, but first things first, Bill Wagner, let's talk about the American game over the weekend. What were your thoughts? A very important win that vaulted us right back up there with Army at number one in the Patriot League, but God, it did not come in a pretty fashion, did it?
2: Yeah, that was a weird one, John. I mean, first of all, America's not very good. Losing overall record, losing record in the Patriot League, really been struggling, and I, I did on our pre. Pre game hit for uh, social media with Ward Carroll. Uh, I said, Navy needs to pound this team, beat them by double digits. Uh, didn't happen. It was just a struggle, John, offensively. Just couldn't get the ball in the basket. Um, but a win's a win. They broke a three game losing streak at home, which was absolutely imperative. Could not lose at home to America. That just would have been devastating. But still got to play a lot better at Alumni Hall moving forward. Um, and then on the road, Navy plays at Lehigh Wednesday night and Navy can go five and zero against Patriot League opponents on the road, which is very, very strange situation about why Navy is better on the road than at home. But apparently no distractions. They leave the day before they spend the night in a hotel and they basically just got time to focus on basketball. And that apparently is the difference. Very strange element at a service academy where you play better on the road than at home. But hey, Navy's the top of the Patriot League. They've got a 7 and 3 record. That's all that matters, overall record, and they got a chance to get some things done this week cuz Lehigh is another team at the top of the of the table, and then on Saturday night evening they play at Loyola Maryland, another team that's up there competing for the championship. So, this is a big week for Navy basketball. Two wins would really separate the midshipmen from the followers.
1: Yeah, it, and you're going to have those games, right? Every program goes through it where you just lay a clunker out there and and get away with it. Uh, they laid a clunker in the second half against Army, did not get away with it, and that was a very painful win. But I'll tell you what, no better way to wipe that out of people's memories than to turn around and win the way that they have. Uh, And I'll tell you what, you mentioned it, it does not get all that much easier uh, for them. Tough roadie against Lehigh tonight uh, and then the weekend game at home and then welcoming uh, the fighting Fran O'Hanlon's of Lafayette for one of those strange like midweek or not midweek, but weekday games, a Monday night festival here at uh, at um, Alumni Hall. That'll be Monday night at 7 p.m. After the two roadies, so I'll tell you what: if if you can go two and zero or at least one and one in these two road games before before playing a very very beatable Lafayette team, I would like our chances there. With the next game after Lafayette being the roadie up to Army for the star game, um, let's talk a little bit of football. It is now Super Bowl season. Tom Brady has retired. Thank goodness. The Washington Commanders are now a thing. Um, So, yeah, like football is on everyone's minds. But at the same time, you've got the draft prognostications and the senior all-star games. Wags, tell us a little bit about uh, what a lot of people are probably surprised at, the emergence of Michael Cooper possibly as a pro prospect.
2: Well, John, Michael Cooper performed very well at the – NFL Players Association Bowl out in Los Angeles uh, looked good in practice. A video clip emerged of him just n- more than breaking the ankles of a defensive back, turning the guy into twisting him in you know, four different directions like a pretzel. The guy went down uh, tripping over his own feet. Cooper faked him out. He faked left and then went right. It was impressive and got some play on social media. And then in the game, another video emerges on social media of Cooper making an incredible catch along the sideline on a throw uh, that was, you know, he had to snare that thing out of midair on a great catch uh, and then gain some extra yards, Jack, after uh, making the catch, but performed well, had three receptions for 52 yards. I'm writing a story about it because it deserves notice. And I do think You know, those games are attended by all NFL scouts, from all the teams. Cooper said he talked to a handful of scouts during the week, did interviews. Um, This may have put him on the radar a little bit for the NFL scouts who may not necessarily think of a Navy wide receiver coming out of a triple option offense, but good for Coop. We always knew he was a talented guy. He's got an NFL body. That's for sure. In terms of size, he's got incredible work ethic and we know the character is impeccable. So, Uh, Maybe what he did out there in the game and showing some receiving skills and running routes, et cetera, uh, may have uh, helped his stock.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Phil McConkey, a previous guest on this uh, program, would probably be really heartened to know that Michael Cooper has got a chance to shock the world and possibly hear his name called. That's going to be a long shot, um, but we hope it happens. I'll tell you what's not going to be a long shot. Diego Fagot getting his name called. Now you talk about some viral videos, Wags. Um, Diego is down there practicing for, I believe, it's not the Shrine game, it's the Senior Bowl. Um, but yeah, taking a uh, Rutgers running back on the video, a Rutgers running back who is being talked about a lot um, as, a, as a very, very solid pro prospect. Diego had a great hit on him. So we'll see. We'll see what the uh, what the draft will bring for some Navy football players. I certainly hope that two names are called, but you have to think, Wags, that Diego's name is going to be called. He just looks like he belongs out there.
2: He is at the Shrine Bowl. He is at the 97th Annual Shrine Bowl, um, which is being played at Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, we are seeing videos from practice, and Diego Fagot is a daily highlight. Uh, he's blowing guys up. He, he's making great uh, plays and pass coverage. Um, the, uh, there's scouts there and the reporters covering, and they're posting just all sorts of plaudits about Diego, wh- which we knew. I mean, the, now the world is going to see what we've always known watching Navy football for several years, that Diego Fago is absolute, legit NFL inside linebacker, and he's proving it. Can't wait for the game over the weekend. We'll watch that with interest and see Diego get it done in the game. But yeah, Diego proving what we already knew. He is without question, legit NFL prospect.
1: Absolutely true. Um, before we go to break and before we bring on uh, Joe Amplo to talk about lacrosse, we do have to give a shout out uh, to Hannah Montal, who was a guest on this show just uh, before the Navy Invitational. She was named Diver of the Week by the Patriot League. Also shout out to her teammate, Sydney Harrington, for getting Swimmer of the Week So we are gonna go to break. Excellent conversation about the basketball team. We'll see what they do tonight against Lehigh. And we'll talk to Mike Fury about the mid-season mark for basketball and what happened against Lehigh when he is on later in the week. We're gonna go to break. When we come back, we'll have Joe Amplo. This is Sing Second Sports.
0: The Sing Second Sports Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis whether it's the burger of the day in an old-fashioned or a cabernet and their cuban sandwich which is my favorite be sure to check out both locations when you come to town to catch a basketball game or lacrosse game here this winter and fall that's dry 85 and red red wine bar on main street in annapolis now back to the pod
1: hey everyone we are back so happy to be joined on this episode by Navy lacrosse coach Joe Amplo entering his third season, hopefully a season that is without COVID drama. But if uh, if the past is prologue, then uh, we know that we've got to deal with it. And to talk about that is Coach Amplo. Coach, about two years to the day from your uh, from your debut on February 7th, two years ago, when you beat Manhattan at home. Walk us through your two years. What's it been like and what are your expectations for this upcoming season kicking off on Saturday at home at Navy Marine Corps Stadium?
3: Well, first, thanks for having me. Second, I hope you didn't just jinx us with the whole COVID conversation that you started out with. Um, But, you know, if you take COVID out of the equation in terms of the way I evaluate the past two years, uh, I'm proud that I think at least towards the end of last year we started to – establish an identity of what we want Navy lacrosse to look and feel like uh, with, uh, with our stamp on this program. You know, our kids are going to play hard. They're going to compete. There's going to be that blue collar tough mentality. I think Navy lacrosse should be about. Uh, we, we've just got to continue to raise the standard for what we think uh, competition is and compete with every team out there. And I hope we see that through the year that in every game we play, we know it's going to be competitive and we show up and we compete at the highest level.
1: So the preview came out and had us down, I believe, at fourth and basically said that every single player on the Army roster is awesome and uh, and is going to win like some sort of Patriot League award. What was your evaluation of that? I'm not saying it's bulletin board material, a lot of love for Army and other programs, uh, not a lot of love for us. How do you, does that kind of give you the mentality that you want going into this upcoming season like you're the underdog?
3: Yeah, and listen, I think that that's the reality. You know, there's a lot of great teams within our league. There's a lot of good players returning for for other schools, but we know we have good players returning too. I, I still think we're young and inexperienced. And I was talking to WAGs yesterday. We still have 15, only 15 games with our juniors. You know, guys like Pat Skalniak and Kyle Fairbanks and, you know, some of the upperclassmen that we're going to rely on, they've only played 15 college games. And some of those other teams, their upperclassmen, their fifth, sixth, seventh year players, they've played upwards of 60 college lacrosse games. So as old as some of our players might be in terms of age, they don't have a lot of college lacrosse experience. And I believe that we're going to look a heck of a lot different than what we looked this week relative to March and April. And it's the same thing I think you're going to see from last year, where we were a much better team you know, after a couple of weeks and learning uh, through some failure and through through some tough contests, I think we're going to grow into uh, what I hope is a pretty good team towards the end of April. What?
2: Well, first of all, for our listeners, what John was referencing was the Patriot League preseason poll. It's a coaches poll in which they rank the, the teams and Navy was picked to finish fourth. Loyola, Maryland was uh, pretty much an re- overwhelming choice to Be the Patriot League champion, and that's because they're absolutely loaded, as Coach said, with not only fifth year seniors, sixth year seniors. Uh, Coach told me yesterday that their star attackman, Kevin Lindley, has played like 65 college games, which is unheard of. Um, So Loyola's very talented, and then I believe Lehigh was picked too, Coach. Is that right in that army? Yes. Right. And John is right that three of the preseason player of the year, as they pick an attackman of the year, midfielder of the year, goalkeeper, et cetera, and a possible rookie of the year. Army had three of the four preseason player of the year uh, selections. So uh,
1: Equipment manager, bus driver, and a guy getting the Gatorade. Yeah, like way to to favor Army coaches.
2: (laughs) Well, the good news is that – Joe Amplo is my preseason coach of the year, and I want to thank Joe for having me into his comfortable, spacious office there in third floor of Ricketts Hall. And we sat in the comfy, uh, plush couches and chairs and drank Earl Grey tea and ate biscotti cookies. It was very well, Very.
3: Uh, turn down the espresso. You know, you can <laughs> never turn down an Italian man who offers you espresso. Bad things happen. You end up with a fish in your mailbox when things <laughs> like that happen, Wax, Come on.
2: That, I, I realized that when I left that that was a real bad mistake. Um, but we we'd had a great discussion about lacrosse, and let's kind of get into some personnel. Navy has suffered heavy losses on the defensive end. Two veteran starting close defensemen, uh, a, a Jeff Durden was an outstanding long stick midfielder. Uh, Jackson Bonnets returns as a close defenseman, and he'll now anchor that unit. But you are you have been hit hard by graduation on that end, Coach. Trying to tell us in general how you see the defense shaping up.
3: Yeah, I mean, certainly Bonnets Bonnets is a is a proven um, player for us, and will be a mainstay down low. He'll get the number one assignment most weeks. And, and then beyond that, you look at a guy like Nick Lecowski, Kyle Fairbanks. Those two players have played really high-level high school lacrosse, and it's their time to step up. And Dan Jordan, a senior for us, he wears number forty or will wear number forty. He, we need his personality and energy on the field. So those four guys are going to kind of be the four we rely on down low uh, at the rope position or the long stick mini position. Zach Schneider is a guy who, you know, it's the perfect example of player development. He's paid his dues. Uh, didn't play much as a plebe, played a tiny bit as a sophomore. And now um, as a junior, he's going to be our starting longs to the committee. And he's really worked his tail off to put himself in position to be the starter. Uh, and I think Bobby Kittleberger is a freshman for us. He'll back Zach up. Uh, and he's he's got some talent. And he's got an edge to him that we like. So I feel good about the pieces. Again, it goes back to they're just not experienced enough yet. So there's going to be days where we're going to look great. and uh, And moments where we're going to be pulling our hair out on the sideline because there's just going to be some blown assignments.
2: And we should mention that last for the second straight season, Navy will have a new goaltender. Things worked out really well last year. Spencer Reese, who was a career backup, had not played a lot of lacrosse at Navy, stepped up and played just tremendously and earned All-American honors. Uh, Coach, who are you looking at to replace Spencer Reese in the cage?
3: Well, we've got three quality players. Uh, Pat Ryan has established himself as as the starter going in this week. Uh, But Ryan Verducci and Gabe Craven uh, are right there, you know, and at any given point through the year, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see any or all of those guys between the pipes. I'm committed to Pat for this game, and unless it goes uh, really badly, he's going to be the starter for a full 60 minutes. But uh, but we'll evaluate that on a week-to-week basis. And I told those guys the competition is still open uh, until someone asserts themselves as the as the starter throughout the year. Hopefully we can have the same success we had with, with Spence last year. That was a nice surprise.
2: And then as uh, much talent as Navy lost on the defensive end, Navy is very – returns quite a bit of talent on the offensive end. Now, Christian Daniel, who was an outstanding scorer, a four-year player, uh, he's the left-side attackman. He is he is graduated, so that is a loss. But there's quite a bit of talent returning. Uh, just kind of mention who are some of the fellows you're counting on. We, you brought up Pat Scaniac, and he really stepped up last year and kind of became a big-boy midfielder. And it's really the sky's the limit for a player of his ability. And he was one of two Navy players who earned – preseason All-Patriot League honors, along with Bonnets, who we just mentioned. Uh, But kind of talk a little bit about some of your offensive mainstays, Coach. And we'll hold off on that guy, X, just now because he's injured. But I'll ask you about him next and what he might be able to bring to you. But let's talk about some of the returning guys who are proven.
3: Well, Pat Scaliniak, I think you start there. Our offense will start with him. He's proven himself to be a very good college midfielder. I think that's a a great point, Wags. You know, He's a big, strong left-handed dodger. But the biggest thing I'm impressed with is he understands what a college midfielder needs to do. He's got a great understanding of the game, uh, and he's grown and matured in that sense. Nick Cole is our senior captain, and he'll be a guy that we'll rely on at the attack early on and may move him around to different spots. You saw him at midfield last year. Uh, but he's playing the best lacrosse of his career right now, and that's what you would expect as a senior. Jack Sweeney's is another senior that uh, last year spent a lot of time on our man up, but he'll see a little bit of time at attack as well. He's a role player, knows his role, can score on the inside, and is just a steady uh, attackman. Uh, Henry Tolker is a freshman for us, and he's pushing to be the starting left-handed attackman right now. Really talented kid from Loyola. And also on that first midfield with Pat, Uh, Dane Swanson and Max Hewitt both return, Two sophomores who uh, in in different parts of the season were very impactful last year. Dane, unfortunately for him, suffered some injuries, so he didn't get a full season. But he's a big-time midfielder. He's got every tool necessary to be one of the better ones in our sport eventually. And uh, Max Hewitt is just a great um, complement to those two big, strong kids on that first line. And on the second line, James Flannery is a kid who's played – um, a little bit each year. You know, he was on our second midfield uh, most of the, the, the first two seasons of his career. Uh, he's got a scores mentality and will be a consistent performer on that second midfield.
2: And so uh, there is a lot of excitement among Navy lacrosse fans about the fact that Xavier Arline is going to play lacrosse this spring. He has not played lacrosse for almost two years since he left Shoreham Waiting High School on Long Island uh, because he's been playing football for Navy, as everyone knows, a uh, quarterback and um, what are you expecting out of, of Xavier? I mean, can he step right back on the lacrosse field after having not picked up a stick? Well, he, he's, he, he's played with his stick a little bit. Of <laughs> I think you said you've seen him shooting on goal even when he was not playing lacrosse. But, you know, being out of the game and actual playing real lacrosse games, do you think he can make an impact?
3: There's no doubt he can make an impact. Uh, he's got every tool... In the, in the toolbox necessary to make an impact at this level. Where we are all most curious is to see what his learning curve is. You know, just like in football, he's got all the tools to be a great football player, um, but there's a learning curve when you play college football, right? For us, it's the same thing here. You know, it's a different style of lacrosse that, compared to high school. Uh, there's different offenses, different reads that he's going to have to make. And I'm curious to see how quickly he picks up on that. You know, he's still fighting that injury from the football season, and we're just being cautious with there because we know the value he brings to both programs and this institution. And we want to make sure we take care of him and give him every opportunity to accomplish his dreams. Um, But, you know, he can certainly make an impact. How early really is dependent upon one, his health, and two, uh, how easily he picks up on on the offenses and just the right way to play college lacrosse. But I have no doubt he's got the mindset to do that. He's a great kid. He was just up in the office watching film again. He's eager to learn and uh, is fitting himself nicely into our team.
1: Yeah, loved, loved, loved seeing Maryland and uh, and Navy play lacrosse. My dad would regale me with stories about how he got his ass kicked every single year against Navy. And it was the one thing that he never got was a W. When can we expect Coach Tillman to, to throw Maryland back on the schedule?
3: You know, both John and I spoke a Bunch this summer and we tried to find a date that worked. Right now, it's just not in the courts, um, unfortunately. Uh, we'll continue to look for those opportunities. I think he's, he's willing to have that conversation. Uh, so right now, the hope is that maybe we can see him in the playoffs at some point, um, you know. But I do think that there is, there is an appetite to try and get that back on the schedule. Um, it is unfortunate, but, uh, but certain circumstances just, just won't allow for it right now.
2: I'll jump in real quick. I'll jump in real quick and mention that Navy has resumed its rivalry with Johns Hopkins, which is wonderful news because that was off the books for a couple of years due to it's all due to conference. You know, Johns Hopkins and Maryland are both new relatively to the Big Ten conference, and that changes things and puts uh, pressures on your schedule. But really, really looking forward to seeing Navy play Hopkins again, John. Oh yeah.
1: Shout out to our listener in front of the pod athletic director at Hopkins, uh, Jen Baker. Uh, I know that she's looking forward to that, uh, to that game as well. So lastly from me, coach, she had a couple of scrimmages, Virginia, Carolina, did those, how did those go? Did they happen? And what did you glean from those experiences as you get ready for the mount uh, on Saturday at noon?
3: You know, as scrimmages are supposed to do, we learned a lot about our program uh, I was really happy that we we were able to schedule both Carolina and Virginia and VMI. Um, we scrimmaged them as well when we went down to Virginia. So we got a great evaluation of our entire roster. Uh, I've learned a few things. Carolina, Virginia, they they play at the top of the sport, and uh, it, you learn a lot about those two teams. Uh, I think we we saw that we can compete um, with those guys when we play well. When we play well and we walk into an arena and we're confident – we have the tools necessary. When we don't play well and we're not confident, then a team like Virginia is going to make you, th- make you look like a team like Virginia should. Um, they are very talented and will compete for the championship again this year. And walking away from those two or three scrimmages, I think we know exactly what we need to do. We know the recipe for success for Navy lacrosse. Um, and we, we, we've got to now chase that identity. And, uh, and so I'm very happy with the outcome of both because now I think we're going to have a chance to be fully prepared to play a really good Mount St. Mary's team on Saturday.
1: Well, uh, here's the public service announcement. Noon, Navy Marine Corps Stadium, season opener against Mount St. Mary's. Um, Please come out to Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Support Coach Amplo and the boys as they start their season. Um, I'll tell you, Coach, nothing makes the heartbreak of seeing that ball hit the posts against Maryland-Virginia maryland, maryland Virginia final last year, then bringing the Blue Cross season back and hopefully maybe having a great season. I know that uh, that's what you're cheering for, and I know Nick Cole is gonna be a part of it. When we come back from the break, we're gonna talk to senior co-captain Nick Cole. Stick with us, this
2: is Sing Seven Sports.
0: A special thank you to our fall and winter sponsors, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis, and Academy Consulting. Thank you for your support. It's through their generosity that we're able to bring you Sing Second Sports each and every week. If you're interested in being a sponsor, drop us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the pod.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Great conversation with Coach Amplo. Let's continue it. Getting ready for this 2022 lacrosse season. We're very honored to be joined uh, by senior co captain Nick Cole. Uh, Nick plays attack, he's from Ashburn, Virginia, a graduate of Stonebridge High School and now starting his last season um, captaining uh, this team. He has started every game in which he's played, unfortunately only getting five games that sophomore season that COVID destroyed. But you want to talk about experience? Here it is. WAG's made a reference to how a lot of teams, particularly in the Patriot league are using fifth and sixth year seniors. This is about as close as we get to something like that at Navy. And we're very happy to be joined by Nick. Nick, first of all, What are your thoughts uh, on Saturday and facing the mountain? How excited are you to start your last season?
4: I mean, first of all, I can speak for myself and the rest of the team. All of us are juiced up. We're ready to play. We're we're ready to get the season going. It feels like we've just been in preseason and practicing every single day since we got back to school. So this is the moment that we've been practicing for and we've been dreaming of all year.
1: So I have to ask, and uh, just – Kind of a lighter moment, you know. What what are your thoughts in terms of brotherly dominance? You know, if there was like a steel cage death match with Nick and Dom Cole against John and Joel Mandish, like who's who's the better duo there?
4: I'm gonna have to go with myself and Dom, honestly.
1: Well, what's it like, actually? You know, not only do you get this great leadership opportunity uh, to lead this team, but you also get to play with your brother, which I'm sure happened in high school as well. What's that experience been like?
4: I mean, I haven't known anything other than playing with my brother, to be honest with you. Uh, I started playing, I was in fourth grade, Dom was in second grade, and whatever team I was on, no matter what age, Dom would always play up. And so, this was always the case. We were always on the same team, and we never really talked about going to the same college. It it just kind of happened. It just it was something that was meant to happen and it's something that did happen. And it's great to have to share the field with Dom every single day. He just switched to midfield this year. So it's interesting. We're not playing the same position anymore. Hopefully I'll be feeding the ball to him a little bit this year, get the ball in the back of the net. But it's been truly amazing to always be playing on the same team as my brother. Nice. Wax. Well, Nick, uh, Coach Champlow referred to Dan Jordan wearing the number forty,
2: and we should probably clarify that for our listeners. That is a tremendous honor for a Navy lacrosse player. One Navy lacrosse player each year, because that is the number worn by Brendan Looney, who uh, was killed in combat. Since Brendan passed, uh, there's every year one player is selected to wear number forty, and he's, if I'm correct, selected by a vote of his teammates. So obviously, you are a leader of the team. You're the captain but certainly Dan Jordan is a leader in his own right. Why do you feel Dan Jordan was deserving of wearing number 40?
4: First off, Dan is absolutely deserving to wear the number 40. I think he was the best option, best choice that we had on the team. And Dan is a guy that if you knew him since plebe year, you could be like, yeah, that guy's going to wear 40 when he's a senior. So I'm not surprised at all. I think Dan was meant to wear this jersey for the program. And you're not going to find a guy that, that tries harder and works harder on the field than Dan Jordan. He might get one minute a game, and he might, or he might play the whole game. But every second that Dan is on the field, he's going to give it his best effort. And a great teammate overall. If you're not holding the standard for our program, whether it's on the field or in the hall, Dan has no problem putting an arm around your shoulder and helping you out.
2: We've talked about the um... – Offense and defense. There's a lot of returning talent offensively, a lot of loss to graduation defensively. Um, in practice, is the offense torching the defense, or do you feel like the defense
4: holds its own? I would like to think that the offense is te- torching the defense every single day, but I think honestly, we we have our days every single day. Some days the defense is really on it; they're bringing the juice, they got more energy than the offense, and they're dominating. And then the other days, the offense is feeling good; we're moving the ball well we're hitting the one mores and we're putting the ball in the back of the net. So it really honestly just depends on who's got the energy that day because they're both two talented, very talented groups, offense and defense. So it's just whoever brings the energy and juice that day is going to be the winner. One more question for
2: me before I turn it over to Chris Cervello, our producer. Um, In terms of the Patriot League preseason poll, uh, we asked Coach Amplow about it during his segment and he said, you know, is what it is. Uh, there's some talented teams. Loyola, Lehigh, and Army are all very experienced. We're not quite as experienced. But from a player's standpoint, does it sting a little bit to be told you're a mid pack team? You're not a contender for the championship, and that Army has got all the best players in the league, according to the preseason player of the year voting. Uh, they're all Army guys. Uh, and obviously, we know how talented Loyola and how experienced they are. But what's
4: your take on that preseason poll? I honestly don't pay too much attention to it. I know some guys get a little fired up when they look at that, but personally, I don't pay too much attention to it because uh, at the end of the day, I'm confident with the group that we have in our locker room and on the field. And I know that at the end of the year, the polls is going to look a little different.
0: And hey Nick, it's uh, Chris Cervello. I, I have a uh, more of a pop culture current events question for you. Today, the former Washington football team, of which they share the hometown of Ashburn, Virginia, as well, changed their name to the Commanders. I wanted to get your hot take. Uh, were you a Redskin or a Washington football team fan growing up? And what do you think of the name uh, Commanders, uh, given its uh, connection to uh, Navy
4: and Naval officers? First off, I might uh add- Shock some people here, but go Cowboys. Yes. All right. That's all you have
0: to say, Nick. Never mind. You grew up
2: in Ashburn, Virginia,
4: rooting for the Cowboys? I used to live in Dallas, Texas. So I got to go with the Cowboys. I don't, I honestly don't really care what they change their name to. The Commanders, you know, whatever they think is going to help them win games, go for it. Nick uh, the, the online store lacrosse lacrosse just sold out
1: of chris with chris cervello buying your jersey by the way that, that's the uh that's the disturbance in the forest finish it
0: off chris things are coming to an end for you um from a naval academy and a hall standpoint how do you balance all of that i mean this has got to be not only exciting because it's the second semester of your first year, you're starting lacrosse, but, you know, as we're taping this, you're uh, in your flight suit. I mean, how do you balance all those emotions and, and still uh, get ready for the lacrosse season?
4: Well, I think that this is something that myself and a lot of the guys have had to deal with since plebe year. You always have other things going on while you're playing lacrosse. You got things going on back in the hall and you got family things you need to work on. So There's always been a bunch of things going on, but especially senior year, it's pretty exciting to finally realize what community you'll be going into, when you're going down to flight school, in my case, who you're rooming with. So all these things that they teach you during school to look forward to in four years is actually coming true. And it's really exciting to see the light at the end of the tunnel here at the academy. Academics wise, this is my easiest semester by far. I have fifteen credits, so a lot of extra periods that I can spend on watching film, practicing, getting a little extra sleep at night, which is awesome.
1: I would love to hear like a Maryland lacrosse player listening to this, like fifteen credits. He's taking fifteen. Like they don't know what fifteen credits is. Um, well, Nick, I'll tell you what—you're already ready for aviation. You know, I know this is an audio medium, but looking behind you. Obviously, you're not putting any effort into your hospital corners. Your your standards are dropping. We're very very disappointed here on the uh, Sing Second Sports podcast. But I'll uh, I'll put on my resident Ward Carroll hat and just ask you, what are you hoping to fly? What do you, what are you hoping the future holds for you once you get down to Pensacola?
4: I would honestly be happy with flying anything, but if I had to choose one thing, it would be jets.
1: Your your hospital corners uh, indicate that as well. So. Hey, uh, Nick, number one, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to covering the team as the season begins. Another public service announcement to come out to Navy Marine Corps Stadium on Saturday to watch us take on the Mount at noon at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Be there or be square. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck on Saturday and good luck this season.
4: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
1: All righty, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Cole, the uh, senior co-captain from Ashburn, Virginia, and a Cowboy fan. Who would have thunk? Um, We're going to go to break. When we come back, Wags, Chris, and I will take this baby out. This is Sing Second Sports.
0: All right, Sing Second Sports fans, we've done our part. We've brought you the preview. Now it's time for you to do your part and get out there and watch some lacrosse in person. Season and single-game tickets are now available for the upcoming season. Coach Joe Amplo and his midshipmen will play seven home games at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium with the season opener scheduled against Mount St. Mary's this Saturday, February 5th. Single-game tickets are only $10 for adults and $5 for children. Buy your tickets today at navysports.com. Switching gears from our current college athletes to our future college athletes, Navy sports camps are offered throughout the year and registration is now open. Visit NavySports.com and click on the Camps tab. At Navy sports camps, every camper has the opportunity to learn from the coaching staff, develop new relationships, and understand what it takes to be a Navy student athlete. It is truly a one of a kind camp experience. My daughter Ava, who plays women's soccer, has been twice. She absolutely loved it. So we highly recommend that you check it out. Log on to NavySports.com and click on the Camps tab today. Now back to the pod.
1: All right, we are back. Great conversations uh, with Nicole and Joe Amplo. Nicole, I'll tell you what, Chris Cervello. We get a lot out of talking to these athletes. You know, like when when we hatched this uh, a couple of years ago now, my, how COVID makes time fly, we we knew that we would really love the interface that we would get with the athletes, that it would reinvigorate us about our belief in in the merits of the physical mission and the Naval Academy in general. But I had no idea how much I'd really connect and love talking to the students. It just, it reinvigorates me every day knowing that these are the young women and men who are going to go out there and serve our country after graduating. And Nick Cole is not only that and a badass lacrosse player, but an absolutely funny and cool kid. Um, I just love talking to him.
0: It was a great conversation. Uh, he seems like a great guy. He's a cowboy fan. So he's, you know, he'll obviously be successful in life. Uh, he's going to be an aviator. So that's uh, an instant plus um, his roommates, hospital corners uh, could use some work uh, as we as we talked about. But, you know, he's a first D second semester. I, I think I would feel worse about him if his, if he had square hospital corners versus those whatever you would say he had going on in his with his blue uh-huh. magnet up on his rack.
1: Yeah, that was uh, quite the show. But I'll tell you what, like a superstar, he waited until we stopped recording. And then he's like, whoa, 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 that's not my rap, um, which was absolutely money. So shout out to him. And, and again, Wags, you've been covering these young athletes for many, many years. And, and I, I just I have to get your historical perspective on it. It, it never gets old, right? You know, you, you always have a next up and coming superstar, and not only does amazing things as you cover them for the capital on the athletic field, but then you hear about them going out doing amazing stuff. And sort of like Brian Broadwater is now a captain and back as the deputy athletic director or the military deputy to the athletic director, Chuck Latchuk. How much how much does it satisfy you that this is your beat that that you're basically covering the you know the the best of the best?
2: Oh, it's been the greatest honor of my career. I mean, I started at the Capitol 33 years ago, and I've pretty much done it all. I've covered high school sports. I've covered, you know, I was on the University of Maryland Athletics beat for almost a decade. But being asked to succeed the legendary Joe Gross as the Navy beat writer has been just an incredible experience, getting to know these midshipmen in so many different sports. Uh, They're the creme de la creme, just as you would expect. Um, love hearing their stories about, you know, where their background and how they, you know, I love watching them grow and mature as into officers. It's just, it's really cool, John. And that's part of why we're uh, doing this podcast to highlight these incredible student athletes.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's what makes us go out and watch a lacrosse game at noon on Saturday in 35 degree weather, 20 mile an hour winds. The only thing that's missing is rain um, it makes it a lot easier to do, and that's what we're going to do. And and before we go out, let's just give a little bit more context to what you heard from uh, Amp and from Nick Cole. Um, Amp is leading, you know, this Navy squad. It returns six starters off of a team that finished the 2021 season with a six and three record and a four and two mark in the Patriot League. They return a bulk of their offense, as Wags was talking about as five of their top six scor- scores return, including Pat Skalniak, uh, including midfielders Dane Swanson, Max Hewitt, John Jarrus, and Nick Cole, who we talked to. And you heard Amp talk about the experiment that's kind of going on between the pipes. So Wags, before we go out, evaluating the preseason poll that has us fourth. Um, evaluating what the competition will be knowing that Charlie Toomey's boys at Loyal are going to make it very difficult, knowing that a real really talented Hopkins team that will be playing Navy for the first time in memory, uh, without Dave Petromala as the coach. Um, h- how do you evaluate what you've now heard? You're writing the, the story for the Capitol previewing the lacrosse season. What do you think people are going to see out of these guys this year?
2: Ball, I think Navy has great potential. I, I mean there is concern on the defensive end. They're, they're young and inexperienced. I mean, I know Coach likes the talent, but you know, these guys are going to need some time to grow together, build some chemistry. You know, new goalie, two star, new starting close defenseman, a new long pole, and which is so important in college lacrosse. But on the offensive end, there is quite a bit of returning talent, veteran talent, and then you add into the mix a potential All-American type talent in Xavier Arline. And the offense shapes up to be very, very good. You know, Coach mentioned Henry Tolker, a freshman, uh, heard a lot about him in preseason. He is playing that lefty attack spot that vacated by Christian Daniel. And he's looked very good and had been productive in preseason. So he could be kind of the next uh, really talented Navy attackman. But a uh, lot of talent on the offensive end, John, and you know we'll see. Uh, you no know, fourth is probably where you know if I was picking preseason, I'd have to put Navy in that category as well. I'm sorry, uh, Loyola is absolutely loaded. Lehigh, it's the same. These schools are the the other Patriot League schools that are other than Army could have fifth and sixth year seniors because of COVID, and they have just are so experienced. And Army has quite a bit of proven talent, so. Navy's going to have to prove that it deserves to be higher. It's going to be tough. The Patriot League is uh, highly competitive these days, John.
1: That is for sure. And just out of curiosity, Wags, with the uh, preseason polls and everything, who did they pick to be number one in the country? Actually, I'll answer that for Wags. It was Maryland. So what a great podcast. I am going to take this out by thanking Joe Amplo, by thanking Nick Cole, and by imploring you, All right, this is my Matt Munley pitch to all of you out there listening. Please, please attend these games. Let's see you at Navy Marine Corps Stadium on Saturday at noon against the Mount. Let's see you filling up Alumni Hall as Navy basketball gets back in there on Monday night to see Fran O'Hanlon in his final game, possibly at at Alumni Hall as the coach of the Lafayette Leopard. So please come out and support these amazing athletes for Chris Cervello i Bill Wagner and Ward Carroll. I am John Schofield. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to the fans. We are out.
0: The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter play-by-play calls from the navy radio network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments